0: Welcome to it, the start of your 4th of July holiday weekend, a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal alongside, well, well, no one, it's just me in today. It's Chris He's out in Grand Island watching some baseball. It's his uh, son. The, the update I got from earlier today was that they have gone 1-0 and so far on the day. They are uh, a winner in their first game after a 5-4 to walk-off victory ...for uh, Schmidt's son out in Grand Island, so good luck to him the rest of the weekend. It's a, a big weekend of, of baseball around the entire state. Uh, that's where Schmidty is today. Tomorrow we are off for uh, the 4th of July, and we are going to be back on Tuesday after uh, the national holiday come Monday, July 1st. So this is our last show before we are back at you. Tuesday with another edition of Hale Varsity Radio, but we still got a lot to get into today. So we've got Derek Peterson coming up here in about 15 minutes. Going to sit down with Derek Peterson for the first time in a couple weeks. Talk a little name, image, and likeness. We're also going to sit down with Bill Dolman uh, next hour uh, here, Bill Dolman on NB Sports, NBC Sports. Olympic coverage Uh, sit down with Bill talk a little about Shikari Richardson as well as uh, Nebraska's AED news we also got Greg Smith coming up next hour for a recruiting recon and we're going to do something a little bit different today as uh, we usually do a rewind segment every single Saturday morning to finish up the first hour of the Saturday morning show but considering we're not doing a show today still wanted to get re-round with uh, with Phil Steele he was on earlier this week uh, previewing his college football preview for the season which is now on sale at Barnes and Noble, Some good insight about the Big Ten and the college football landscape as a whole from Phil Steele. So we're going to be rewinding the first half of that interview coming up here in about half an hour. And then we're going to rewind the second half of that interview coming up a little bit later next hour. Your numbers to get in today, 402-466-3776. But I will warn you, considering I'm producing and hosting at the same time i don't I know how you can talk on the phone and, and host at the same time so a better bet to get connected with me is on my twitter page at herbal essences is where you find me also uh, you can hit my dms on instagram as we had tyler do a little bit earlier today he sent me one of the best nil uh opportunities that i have seen so far and, and this takes me back to earlier this week whenever uh so it would have been Wednesday. We were preparing for name, image, and likeness. I I asked the Twitter world: Does Open Doors have a uh, a deal so that I can hire Lexi's son to pretend to be my girlfriend for for one family gathering? That's what I, I put out there. Uh, sounds like the answer is no, um, which makes sense. That's fair. Uh, but it, it just really seemed like you know she'd be someone that could actually impress my family for once. <laughs> but uh, let's take a look at what's happening out in. Uh, Let's see, I don't even know where Rice University is. I should probably know that. I know it's East Coast somewhere. No, Rice is Texas. I knew that. Rice is Texas. But Nick Wagman, uh, he's a student athlete at Rice, I think an offensive lineman. And uh, he used the new name, image, and likeness to partner with his first client, uh, Kyle Solomon, who is uh, not a brand. He is uh, from the state of South Carolina, and he reached out to Nick uh, and got a deal for Nick to endorse his search for finding a girlfriend. The tweet says as a student athlete, I'm honored to use the new name image and likeness laws to partner with my first brand. Kyle Solomon needs help finding a girlfriend. If there's any girls out there who are interested, hit his DMS hashtag ad. And I said yesterday, we're in the wild, wild west of name, image, and likeness. And this is more wild, wild west than anything I have seen so far. Uh, I, I think uh, this is a better idea than mine to use it to put yourself out there. Um, does, it, does it smell a little bit desperate? Maybe. But at the end of the day, uh, I am seeing this now this tweet now in Nebraska. So he's hitting a, a wide pool of potential women out there. Uh, good for uh, Nick as well as, uh, let's check the name again. Uh, Kyle, as Kyle's getting his name out there, that might be the best endorsement I have seen so far in name, image, and likeness. Big thanks uh, to Tyler for sending that to me on Twitter. You can uh, DM me or tweet at me at Herbal Essences on Twitter. That's your best bet for getting connected with me today. Again, I, I said we got a lot coming up. Derek Peterson, Bill Dolman, Greg Smith, as well as The Rewind with Phil Steele. Uh, as it's Elijah Herbal in here riding solo on a Friday. I'm
1: solo, I'm riding solo I'm riding solo, I'm riding solo
0: Tell you what, that would have been funnier if there was someone in here to laugh with me. Uh, but J- Riding Solo by Jason Derulo is the theme song of the day. It's just me filling in for Chris Schmidt. Will Wilson moving out of his house today, so he's unavailable to come in. Uh, but still a lot to talk about. We had some breaking news after the show got done yesterday, and that. Is uh, The news we were expecting to hear last week uh, I said this last Friday I said the news I wasn't expecting to hear uh, Last Friday was that Bill Moose Would be hitting the road Ex- Expecting to hear a contract extension for Will Bolt Well now, a week later We have gotten the confirmation that Will Bolt Has extended his contract Through 2026 He got a $100,000 raise Up to $400,000 per year For Will Bolt The statement from Nebraska Interim AD Garrett He said, the work of Will and his staff in their short time at Nebraska, both on the field and in recruiting, speaks for itself. Will is the right leader for our baseball program. He understands the history of what makes this program successful, loves Nebraska, and embraces the passion of our fan base. We are committed to providing the resources necessary for Nebraska baseball to achieve at the highest level and compete for trips to the College World Series. And when you look at Nebraska's standing being a Big Ten team, you saw how that put them at a disadvantage this year. Getting placed into that Arkansas regional as opposed to a regional you think they would have deserved. Because they didn't get a chance to put themselves out there, get those non-conference games in. So, really the the stature of the head coach of a Big Ten program isn't as great as it is in the SEC, in the ACC, even the Pac-12. Uh, the, the Big Ten is somewhat the bottom feeder among the power five conferences in college baseball. So you got to do what you got to do to keep will bolts around because when you saw what he was able to do with that team this year, he was not only the best team in the big 10. He had a shot at being one of the, the top 10, 15 teams in the country, seeing what they did to Arkansas and seeing, I mean, Arkansas beat NC state, 21 to 2 and that nc state team was making it into the college world series finals only a week later uh even though the ncaa derailed them it was pretty clear to see that the nc state was one of the top three programs that were at the college. programs i shouldn't say i should say teams one of the top three teams that were at the college world series This season and Nebraska took Arkansas to the limit and that's an Arkansas team that really did obliterate NC State in one game. I know NC State fought back in those next two games, which speaks to how good they are as a team. But Nebraska is right up there with the likes of NC State and Arkansas based on how they did against Arkansas, meaning I don't think it's an exaggeration that will bolt with this extension is uh, going to be able to achieve at the highest level and compete for trips to the College World Series. We'll see if it's a step back next year with that strong senior class uh, leaving Nebraska baseball. But at the end of the day, I have faith that based on what will bolt was able to bring in recruiting in a COVID year after not even having a season to display what your team's all about. He was able to bring in impactful recruits that helped the team this year. They're only going to get better in the next couple of years. And he's got another good recruiting class coming in. He's clearly set the table for future success for his own program. So good for will bolt getting that extension to $400,000 a year annually, making him the second highest paid coach in the big 10 should be noted that Michigan's Eric Bakich makes Upwards of $800,000 a year, double what Will Bolt makes. Uh, But we'll see what could happen once Will Bolt gets this Nebraska team to a college World Series. I mean, Michigan, uh, Eric Bakich, he, he got that because... He did take Michigan to the College World Series from the Big Ten. He deserves that $800,000 because of what he's shown he can do with that Michigan baseball program. Will Bolt, after a year, seems to be on that same trajectory. We'll see. Maybe we'll be talking in a year or two about Will Bolt getting another extension. But for the moment, Will Bolt locked in until 2026 as Nebraska's baseball coach. And uh, you'd expect only bigger and better things coming for that Husker baseball team based on what we've seen so far out of Will Bolt. Again, fully loaded show today as we're going to jump around some of the big Husker topics that were in the news today. Uh, I'm going to move now to Delano Banton as he has declared that he will be keeping his name in the NBA draft this season uh, as he turned some heads last weekend in Chicago, Uh, didn't do enough to get himself an official NBA combine invite, but there's a whole bunch of events going on in Chicago that week leading up to the combine and he did in fact have a a strong showing uh, during that week. Uh, his shooting was what was uh, impressive to the scouts that were in Chicago uh, as I look at uh, Jacob Padilla's story on this uh, Jacob the uh, senior staff writer for Husker basketball for Hale Varsity as uh, Delano Banton entering the NBA draft. It's not a surprise uh, when you do get a shot like this as you're getting older in college basketball, your chances of making the own NBA are only going to diminish. That's why you always see these one and duns. Uh, that's why they used to be the kids coming out of high school because it is so beneficial to get those kids straight into an NBA program to be able to get them coached up the way you are in an NBA system because college basketball with uh, the closer three-point line uh, a little more congested lanes is a different game than the NBA, and I think that Delano Banton's game could translate better to the NBA than it does currently in college. Um, because of the things I said with with the congested lane, uh, I know Delano needs to work on his shooting a little bit if he wishes to make an NBA roster sometime in the future. Uh, but he did do enough shooting the ball in uh, his time in Chicago, uh, where he uh, let's see, it was the pro day. Uh, it's it's like an unofficial pretty they don't actually do this at Nebraska they do at the at these combine events and uh, from the arc he was shooting upwards of 66% with no defense in front of him obviously he didn't do as well during the scrimmages but it shows he does have the ability to knock down the three-point ball especially from NBA range that is a big difference from college basketball And, and I think that Delano Benton. the the scouts see him, and they see what Ben Simmons has been able to do with the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, obviously, Ben Simmons' name got dragged through the mud during the NBA playoffs after his atrocious performance in the Eastern Conference semifinals, as he was just terrible in the fourth quarter for the 76ers team. But look what Ben Simmons can do uh, when he's matched up in, in a normal regular season NBA game, where teams don't have time to game plan around him, where he's able to beat his Point guard, his defender off the dribble, because again, in his 6'10 frame, uh, it's pretty easy for him to get to the rim and score over those smaller guys. And you got to bring a center over, which then opens up the, the game of Joel Embiid for that 76ers team. It's We'll we'll see if that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid pairing can last in Philadelphia, but I think the scouts are seeing that Delano has that same frame and that same ability from the point guard position uh, to beat a smaller man off the dribble and to dish it off the same as he's able to go finish at the rack, Uh, and he had his issues with that last season finishing near the rim, but I think with a wider lane, a little less congested, a little more space to move, I I think that... Delano Banton's game could translate well into the NBA uh, with some work. Now, scouts project him going somewhere end of the second round to undrafted, but we've seen the the development with the NBA uh, in the G League and the uh, ability of players to go sign with the G League out of college if they are not drafted in the NBA draft. That would, I think, uh, be the most likely path for Delano Banton as his season numbers last year weren't something you'd expect uh, somebody to get drafted in the second round to be not averaging 10 points a game. He did, uh, though, average almost four assists a game as well as eight rebounds a game for that Huskers team last year. Uh, So he, he has some some intangibles that the, uh, the NBA scouts are interested in. And uh, now being a 21 year old, you don't want to wait much longer whenever you have your chance to jump ship to the NBA uh, and start, Rolling in the uh, the money that, that that NBA money Is a little bit better Than the name image And likeness money That he would be making Next year uh, So I don't fault Delano Baton For his decision to, to jump ship And go to the NBA now Especially when you look At what Nebraska Brought in in terms of talent uh, This upcoming season You, you got to think Bryce McGowans Is going to be straight Into the starting lineup For this Husker basketball team And uh, by all accounts CJ Wiltshire Has been turning heads uh, Through the first month Of practice With the Husker basketball team So you got to think That Trey McGowans Has earned a, 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 st- a spot. Spar- Excuse me, a spot in the starting lineup for next season. Bryce McGowan's. You think there's got to be a spot reserved for him, maybe C.J. Welcher as well, but you, you do have three returning starters in uh, McGowan's, Latman, and Derek Walker, who you're going to think are going to be on the floor. Eduardo Andre with another year of development could be seeing some starting minutes as well this season, so you're starting to, to reach a logjam in that Nebraska basketball program. When you have a five-star signing in Bryce McGowan's, it's pretty difficult to put a guy like Delano Banton into the starting lineup and get him Minutes that he's happy with where he could go over to the G League and uh, be getting those same sort of minutes while being paid and being uh, uh, getting a chance uh, to impress some NBA rosters and get that move up to the NBA eventually somewhere down the road. So Delano Banton, best of luck, headed off to the NBA, opens up some, uh, some possibilities for this Husker basketball team. Last little thing I want to get into with about the last 90 seconds we have here in this first segment is uh, we got today news of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're going to be hosting Hard Knocks this season as Hard Knocks cameras are going to be following the Dallas Cowboys through training camp. Uh, and, and this one, I mean, perfect choice. Should be a lot of fun. You have the storyline of Dak Prescott coming back from injury. That gruesome, broken ankle, dislocated ankle. Uh, and saw him up in Omaha this week looking like he was walking around just fine as his rehab, by all accounts, has been uh, progressing well and it sounds like he's going to be ready for the Cowboys this upcoming season so you're going to get a chance to see him in training camp coming back from that injury you have uh the the status of Mike McCarthy on the hot seat down in Dallas as last season didn't turn out how the uh the the Cowboys expected uh you have the storyline of CeeDee Lamb going into his second year looking to uh, maybe make a Pro Bowl this year if he can continue his development well And, and that Cowboys team Uh, Randy Gregory is going to be a uh, a focal point of the defense, uh, as well as Jalen Smith. So really... Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to look at this Cowboys team Because with the talent they have on that roster You think that's a playoff team Yet they haven't been able to put it together for about five, six consecutive years now So this uh, fall we're going to get an up-close up and personal look At the Dallas Cowboys through the Hard Knocks cameras It should be fun as uh, Hard Knocks coming to you in late August on HBO I'll be tuning in for that That'll be fun America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, is going to be on Hard Knocks Still a lot coming up here on this solo Elijah Herbal Hail Varsity Radio Friday show. Derek Peterson coming up after the break, as well as Bill Dolman and Greg Smith next hour. And don't forget, we're going to be rewinding with Phil Steele. We usually do that on Saturdays, but today's a little bit special. so We're not going to have the Saturday show, so we're going to rewind with Phil Steele a little bit later. Again, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Derek Peterson coming up after the break.
1: And we're back. Fellas, oh, we listen to the radio on hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska
0: lottery yes that's awesome back in on a friday hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery got uh, a lot to get into in that first segment will bolt get an extension delano banton uh, going off to the nba draft and let's not forget we're in the name image and likeness era of college athletics Uh, Only day two of that So uh, some uh, news and notes from name, image, and likeness That we got into as well Excited now to welcome in the good doctor himself Dr. Derek Peterson Not Dr. Derek Peterson But uh, Dr. PDHV is where you find him on Twitter Derek, 4th of July weekend is just about here I mean, for some people, they're probably off work already Not for me Uh, But how are you doing? Are you you looking forward to the 4th?
2: Um, I'm going to have... I get together with family on the 3rd. Um, okay. The 4th is on a Sunday, I believe. So we're not, we're not doing anything major on the 4th, but we are going to be uh, hanging out, spending some time together on Saturday, which I'm looking forward to. I'm doing good, man. How are you?
0: Doing, doing pretty well. My, my question is, when you look at the uh, the, three, the three core components of the 4th of July, booze, food, and fireworks, which do you think you'll be spending the most money on?
2: Uh, food, probably. Um... My family has always had dogs, um, and those dogs have always hated the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm, um, nice. The dog that I have now is is really really skittish with a lot of stuff, so um, she's not she's not big on fireworks. So we try to be um, pretty cognizant of that. So like I had fireworks when I was younger, but like <laughs> as you get as you get older, and suddenly it's like oh well I can um, you know stuff my face with like bratwurst and burgers and things like that, and also beer. Uh, that tends to kind of you know like you're asleep by uh, eight or nine o'clock because you're in your little <laughs> mini food coma. So it, by the time it's dark enough to even shoot off fireworks, like you're not you're not even you're not even conscious for it because of all the food you ate earlier
0: in the day. Well, that's one way to sleep through all the explosions. <laughs> it's a food coma. It's good stuff. Uh, but but Derek, we we gotta get into some uh, some Husker news and notes as name, image, and likeness is upon us in college football. Right off the bat, we're now. I mean, over 24 hours in into day two of name, image, and likeness. And has anything that you have seen in the past 24 to 48 hours been a surprise to you? Or, or has this just been uh, about what we've expected, about what was needed in college football?
2: Um, needed, yes. I think the fact that it has been such a um, you know, bleep show um, was also probably to be expected just because of the way that this all kind of came about. Um, Nuri Newilly, who's a, a walk-on offensive lineman, um, had a, a tweet thread. I would, I would tell anybody to go kind of look at his Twitter. Um, he can't profit off of his name, image, and likeness as an international student here on a visa because of, it would violate his visa. Um, and, <clears throat> like, we were talking about that in our Slack channel. Um, I would venture to say that, you know, like, because he's, he's – putting that out on Twitter now, like that's something that he just found out about. That's not something that he was prepared for, Um, which is kind of, you know, I think we're going to run into a bunch of situations like that, which is part of the reason why um, the NCAA's handling of this was so scrutinized because it, you know, it just completely felt like they were up against the, the clock with this. And at the 11th hour, they just said, all right, fine, you do what you want. Here's as little guidance as possible from us. Um, Nobody was prepared. I think, you know, you. I, I think the, uh, the scene from SpongeBob where he's told uh, to, to to lose everything in his mind but fine dining and, and breathing, and you kind of get that glimpse into his brain and there's people <laughs> running around with filing cabinets on fire and things like that, yeah, that level about- of, like, hectic, that level of, like, panic is probably... Um, the way that you could describe some athletic departments as they like venture into this, because it's such unknown terrain. I don't think Nebraska is operating that way, but Nebraska still has a ton of questions. And I think that's kind of like the big takeaway with all this is that there's just so much stuff that's going to, um, that's going to come up that, that, that wasn't expected, that doesn't have an answer for. And the, I I think a lot of people are flying by the seat of their pants with this thing. Um, so it's like, it's, on one hand, it's really great for the athletes because they're finally able to, to do something that, like, every other peer they had on campus was able to do before now. Um, on the other hand, I think there are a lot of people that still aren't really fully aware of um, what they can, what they can't do. You know, we were talking uh, as a team this afternoon about sort of the tax ramifications of all this. Um, you know, like, and, and I pointed out this this thing really in sort of a roundabout way, is going to expose just the lack of tax education that we have in school from, like, K through 12. Like, and and I don't even understand all of it, but, you know, players are going to have to maybe hire an accountant or, like, meet regularly with a CPA or something like that just to make sure that they're not, um, you know, that they're they're in compliance and they're not going to suddenly, you know, show up with an audit from the IRS in a year or so. Um, they're going to have to file some of the stuff on their taxes uh if parents are claiming them as dependents that might have to change there's just a lot of stuff that's going to change um and I, I think the you know the one of the things that we've noticed over these first 48 hours or whatever it's been is that you know the ncaa's handling of this meant that um very few of those sort of like minutiae questions had answers to them and that's what's you know people are, are <clears throat> running into some, some roadblocks along the way.
0: Yeah, Derek, I'm not sure if that free edition of TurboTax is going to be uh, cutting it for these uh, athletes moving forward. Not a surprise, though. I can't even use that. <laughs> I can't even use that. Uh, that, that
2: worked if for you, me up you know, until, like, two years you get ago. Paid in, like, if you get paid in, like, multiple states, like, you end up having to spend, like, 140 bucks or whatever it is. Like, my wife and I just went to H&R Block because <laughs> it was going to be easier. So I can't even imagine what these guys are going to have to do. They're going to have to, like, there's there's a certain threshold that you have to keep earnings below um, for each individual thing. Otherwise, you know, I I, I I don't know. Maybe it becomes, like, taxable income or something like that. Like, this, Aaron Sorensen is our kind of NIL guru, and she's been coaching us along all through it as well. So, like, if we need that, imagine kind of the, the conversations the players are having.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I lost uh, some money on the stock market thanks GameStop uh, this year, and then TurboTax paid me uh, made me pay even more just to file that I lost money on the stock market this year. It's just it's a whole thing. The government gets its uh, its uh, its check though reliably. Um, but Derek, as you look at this name, image, and likeness. Uh, just h- how creative do you think some of these athletes are going to get? I-, I saw you put on Twitter last night that if you were a, uh, an athlete right now, you would try to get an endorsement from Whataburger, <laughs> but, like, how creative would you get with that endorsement?
2: I think, you know, the limit to what you can do with this is sort of the limit of your own creativity, your own imagination. Um, I would imagine a lot of players are going to get super creative with it. Um, you know, we've seen, like, Lexi Sun has already set up a – a, a, a sort of like branded <clears throat> apparel store um, with a company that she partnered with. Um, Adrian Martinez has a podcast that's actually really good <laughs> that I would, uh, that I would encourage everyone to go listen to. He's probably going to be able to, to sell ad space on that and make make some money off of that. Um, <clears throat> you know, players can host camps. Um, they can, you know, do things like when pro players come back to their hometown and, and have a, a skills camp or whatever, they'll be able to do that. Um, I, I, you know, I bet players will get super creative. Um, when I was in school, there was a, a fullback at Oklahoma that had a woodworking shop on the side. Um, and, you know, this was, this was well before the era of NIL, and the NCAA forced him to kind of shut that down. He wasn't able to, to, wasn't able to operate that business while being a student athlete. Um, because he was, you know, in their eyes, he was profiting off of his name, his image, and his likeness, even though it was because the product was really good. So I think one of the cool things that this will, that this will show is we're going to hear a lot more of those stories. We're going to hear a lot more about student athletes that have a side hustle or, you know, like a passion project that they, that they do in their free time or a hobby that they have that, you know, anybody else would be able to monetize or, you know, <clears throat> turn into a business. And where these players haven't been able to do that, now they're going to be able to. And so I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get more of those stories. I don't know how many of those. I hope a lot. Um, but it's going to add just to sort of the, uh, the depth of the student athlete, which I'm really excited about personally. So, like I said in the beginning, to answer your question, I think, I think the only limit to what a player can do is. is Sort of the limit of, of their imagination and <clears throat> how much work they're willing to, to put in on this.
0: It's definitely power to the players here. As uh, again, yeah, I agree with you. As as you say, sky's the limit for what they can do based on their own creativity and you know how much they grind to work this out. But but my question is, if it's power to the players, is this power shifting away from the NCAA? Which kind of takes me into a Husker Mailbag question, which asked, uh, or excuse me, a Hale Varsity Mailbag question, which asked, uh, is this the first step in the, the power of the NCAA just going away?
2: Yeah, and I think the NCAA has been losing power um, pretty pretty gradually over the last however many years. Um, I don't think name, image, and likeness is, is the thing that's going to put the nail in their coffin. Um, but it certainly is a start towards, you know, this this complete eradication of the the concept of amateurism within a multi-billion dollar industry, which is what college football is. Um, So like my answer to that question was I could, I could completely see uh, a scenario where in a few years, not just like a decade down the road, a few years where, you know, the, uh, the FBS conferences, the FBS conferences break away from the NCAA and they do their own thing. um, And they're governed by a, a separate entity, governed by themselves maybe, um, you know, so yeah. It, 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 I mean, this takes away power from the NCAA. This takes away power from the individual conferences. This takes away power from the coaches, um, because you know, like Nic- Nicole Arbach pointed this out a couple days ago from the Athletic. Um, what does a coach do now if they have a if they have a policy in place like what Nebraska has, where freshmen can't speak to the media? Um, mm-hmm. That's that you know that's that's infringing on a player's ability to. Uh, brand themselves market themselves um that perhaps a player wants that media exposure and the coach says yeah we're not going to let freshmen talk to the media until they've played their first game and the freshman's not cool with that because he's like hey well i have the opportunity to get my you know my face out there get my um beliefs out there get my brand out there and start you know putting myself in front of people um i'm curious how coaches are going to respond to that I don't know what they're going to do I don't know what the answer is but I'm, I'm certainly curious um, I mean because like you know why teams have sort of rules on, on who can speak to the media and when they can speak to the media players go through media coaching when they get to major schools um, and like when you're a freshman like <laughs> sometimes and, and literally any freshman in college can, can speak to this sometimes you say stuff as a freshman in college that you wouldn't say as a senior in college. <laughs> it just happens um, but so I, you know, I'll be curious what happens there. So yeah, like, like you said, with, with power going into the hands of players, it's got to come from somewhere and uh, you know, they're, they're getting it from everyone.
0: Derek, uh, we're, uh, we're up against a hard break, so I got to let you go, but I appreciate the insight today and have a lovely 4th of July. All right.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me, man.
0: There he is. Derek Peterson. Find him on Twitter at drpdhv. We got a rewind with Phil Steele coming up next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Elijah Herbel here, Hale Varsity Radio, on a Friday. Time for our rewind
3: with Phil Steele uh, previewing his college football preview for the year back into it it's hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery let's talk college football let's talk college football preview and we say hi to phil Steele uh, back on the show again at phil steel 042 he is uh, where you find him on twitter Philsteel.com. and of course newsstands everywhere to get that college football 2021 preview phil it's awesome to spend time with you again how are you
4: you know, I am doing great, Chris. So much better than last year at this time when we were wondering if we were even going to play football for the season. So it's a, it's a positive knowing that we got the schedules and we're playing football. One quick thing I want to point out to you is uh, you mentioned the magazine's available everywhere. We did make a change this year. We're only at Barnes & Noble and Books a Million. So I want to save your listeners a little bit of gas money driving around looking for it. Only at Barnes & Noble and only at Books a Million this year. But uh, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Chris?
3: Yeah. know we're ready for some football in Lincoln we're ready for football in Nebraska and ready for a winning season in Nebraska (laughs) Phil Uh, as you look at at Nebraska let's start right there and I know you go through every previous season you put together uh, what you put together and you've done for decades at at the highest level how did you even uh, digest process COVID 2020 when you looked at, at other teams, let alone Nebraska.
4: Well, you know, some teams you could look at it and uh, it was basically normal for them, where if you played 11, 12 games, mm-hmm. didn't have lose a lot of players to COVID, but those were more the exception of the rule. We had teams that played, like Miami of Ohio, I think, played three games last year, had three of their games canceled. Teams had their season canceled, like the Big Ten did, then brought back, played a different schedule. The COVID testing would have teams shorthanded for some games or some mismatches where teams were down 30 players. So, I mean, you really had to look at it on an individual basis. All I could say, Chris, is thank goodness we played college football. Thank goodness we crowned champions in each conference and crowned the national champ at the end of the year.
3: When we start out uh, nationally, and, and Nick Saban, I could I still see the smile on his face with what his team accomplished, how loaded they were, but but just the the investment they put in, the buy-in to, to kind of soldier through COVID, and, and they wound up on, on top. As we take a national look, Phil, who's, who's on your radar before we get to some Big Ten action? Usual suspects, I assume, as far as some of the favorites, some of the teams that are supposed to be in the playoff again?
4: Yeah, I went way out on a limb here, Chris. I went with uh, Alabama out of the SEC, Clemson out of the ACC, Uh, How about Ohio State out of the Big Ten? And then their shocker, Oklahoma out of the Big 12. Uh, But I think there are two teams that are right on the doorstep of of getting in there that aren't your normal names. One would be Georgia. Uh, I think when you look at Georgia, they open up with Clemson in the opener. If they win that, they'll be favored in all the rest of their games. They've got a very good SEC schedule, only three SEC road games. They avoid Alabama, Texas A&M, and LSU out of the West. Uh, I think Georgia's got a chance to enter into the party this year. And then Texas A&M. And A&M was close last year. Remember Selection Sunday? Mm -hmm. Is it Ohio State? Is it Texas A&M? And uh, Ohio State just barely beat them out. Talking to Coach Fisher, even though they lose four offensive linemen, he he felt that last year, that this year's offensive line would be more athletic than last year's offensive line, and perhaps even better. And they lose their quarterback, but I think Haynes King can come in and do what Calamon did last year, and they get that game against Alabama at home on October the 9th. So if they ways going to knock Alabama out of the uh, SEC and out of the playoffs. I think Texas A&M or Georgia are your two best threats.
3: They are on the doorstep. A&M's always had insane talent. But uh, for whatever reason, they, they stubbed their toe. And this goes back to the Big 12 and obviously into the SEC. But now you got Jimbo, a championship-winning coach there, to, to pair with that talent. Big things could happen in College Station. I love your Georgia take, too, especially with the fact there, there's just three road games for him and there's not a vicious crossover for him in the, uh, the SEC West. Phil, let's look at Big Ten action and uh, let's focus in on Nebraska. What's your feel? What's your read here as we go into year four, the Frost era? Uh, A little bit of a shakeup you you probably knew about, and that is no more Bill Moose here in Lincoln as the athletic director. That happened last Friday.
4: Yeah, and it's – Nebraska's a tough team to gauge because it could go either way. Uh, You look at the talent they have coming back. They've got 17 returning starters. One thing I'll mention is everybody's got 16, 17, 18 returning starters. You know, you look at the Pac-12, for example. uh, Colorado has 16 returning starters this year. You think, wow, that's probably second or third best in the conference. It's actually second worst in the conference. (laughs) So everybody's got 16, 17, 18 starters back. Uh, When I look at Nebraska, I see this is clearly Scott Frost. Most talented team. They've got to get Adrian Martinez to play like he did a couple of years ago rather than what we've seen the last couple of years. Uh, A little concerned about the backup spot losing Luke McCaffrey. To Louisville and now to Rice, which, by the way, we captured in the magazine. We've got him as a starting quarterback at Rice this year. I think everybody else has him as a backup quarterback at Louisville. But uh, the talent's there throughout. Uh, Nebraska's got a lot of positions that rank in my uh, upper units, but the big question mark would have to be the schedule. And, uh, you know, I, you're going to be clearly an underdog when it comes to Oklahoma. Uh, by the way, love to see that rivalry renewed. I remember back in the, the 70s when uh, they played the Irresistible Force versus the movable object. It was the game of all time. Uh, Johnny Rogers with those punt return touchdown. Uh, just a great game. So I'm glad to see that rivalry renewed there. But other games will probably be an underdog in this year. Might be at Minnesota, Ohio State at home, at Wisconsin, even Iowa at home. And then there's toss-up games on the schedule. Uh, I think that traveling to Michigan State and Illinois not going to be easy. Northwestern at home, not easy. Michigan at home, not easy. So there's a lot of games where they've been losing close games in the last couple of years. If they continue to lose close games, it's going to be a disappointing season, but if they can break through and start playing with some confidence, they can actually get to the plus side of the ledger, so it's it's one of those teams that I can see going either way this year.
3: Phil Steele's with us. Hale Varsity Radio, college football preview. You uh, can log on philsteele.com or head to Barnes and & Noble and get your college football Bible for 2021. That's the that's the story of a lot of Big Big Ten teams, Phil, is how are you in, in, in one-possession games, how are your special teams units? And, and the thing that's this crunch, crush Nebraska uh, even before frost and for for years now has been the turnover bug. And is that a number as you as you do research and look at some of the data, the Nebraska turnover margin? Does that jump out to you?
4: You know what, and this year, though, it jumps out to me in a, in a positive way because last year there were minus 11 turnovers in a shortened season and I won't get into too many specifics, but I did a little formula because mm-hmm. the turnover equals turnaround is generally based on a 12-game season. Mm-hmm. But there, if in this case, if you had minus 8 minus eight in turnovers, you qualified for it because if you only played 7 games, the amount of turnovers per game, etc. But anyway, Nebraska qualified for turnovers equals turnaround regardless. They we had minus 11 turnovers last year and uh, what that says is generally teams that had negative double digit turnovers one year have a better record the next year and if you go back and look at Nebraska in the past let's just say in the last seven years only once has Nebraska had double digit turnovers and that was back in 2015 when they were minus 12 in turnovers and that year they went 6-7 and seven. well the next year they rebounded in 2016 went all the way up to 9-4 and four. why? because the turnovers which is somewhat of a luck thing, not necessarily, but uh, it is a little bit of a luck factor. Uh, It it switched the other way. And that was the first article I wrote for the magazine back 27 years ago. It's proven to be about a 75% success rate every single year. So Nebraska's got that working for them this year, the fact that they were minus 11 turnovers last year.
1: Chime in, 402. 466 ESPN or email the show Chris and hail Just try me, try me back to hail varsity
0: radio. That's how you get connected with Hale Varsity Radio. I also encourage you today, find me, follow me on Twitter, at Herbal Essences, shoot me a DM or tweet at me. That's a good way to get connected with me today as Schmidt out until Tuesday as he is taking a little bit of an extended 4th of July weekend out in Grand Island watching his son play some baseball. Good for Schmidt and good luck uh, to the uh, entire Schmidt family uh, with that uh, that baseball tournament out there. I know it's a big one as uh, so we're rolling through a Friday here on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, going to give you uh, a second, uh, excuse me, in a second I'll give you a chance to win uh, your sh- chance at five shots uh, for the Boy Scouts of America million dollar shot out at Highlands Golf Course. Uh, That's your chance to win coming up here in a second but first got to remind you about our friends over at west blue realty and if you're looking to make a move in 2021 you got to give the real estate professionals at west blue realty a call today they specialize in residential home sales in lincoln and the surrounding communities they'll help make your next move a smooth one uh, you can call tom luby or kelly hofschneider for more details but uh even if you don't have residential property they can do agricultural land too they have an experienced auction here and can handle anything from live auctions sealed bids and general land listings and they can sell land all over the great state of nebraska again you can call tom Luby 402 540 3768 or Kelly Hofschneider at 402 202 2312. And remember, it pays to work with West Blue Realty. Go check them out, westbluerealty.com. Before you make that next move, you got to ask yourself, what can West Blue do for you? If you missed any part of the show so far, I remember the full podcast will be posted uh, at varsity.com. your favorite streaming services, including Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play where you can find the full podcast. And our interviews will be posted on ESPNLincoln.com as well as the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page at ESPN Lincoln. We heard from Derek Peterson about half an hour ago. And we still got Bill Dolman and Greg Smith coming up later as well as part two of our interview with Phil Steele, our rewind for the week. That's coming up uh, all in the second hour. But before we close this hour, I want to make a quick point about Sha'Carri uh, Richardson, who has now been suspended. She, uh, if you remember, she won the 100-meter women's dash in the U.S. qualifying uh, Olympic trials and uh, was set, all set for like a, a great Olympic run. She was going to show down with uh, someone from Jamaica. I don't know. I'm an American. I'll fe- I follow the Americans. Uh, but she is now suspended after being popped for a positive weed test uh, at the Olympic trials out in Oregon. Uh, and this is just, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. When you look at the NBA, the NFL, uh, both of those leagues, now it's no longer a suspension. If you test positive for marijuana, they will uh, get you uh, some rehab services. Um, but it's not a suspension. It's more of a, a dealing with uh, the root problem. Uh, and this just seems a little bit tone deaf uh, to suspend her here, uh, especially because weed's not a performance enhancing drug. And that's been the problem with what people have been saying in the uh, the NBA and the NFL for years now too. But, as I tweeted earlier, the only way that it can be performance-enhancing drug is if you put a bag of Cheetos or Doritos down at the finish line. Uh, but this this is just seems a little bit tone-deaf, unfortunate for, uh, for Sha'Carri. Uh, it's the rules, but the rules just seem so archaic at this point that it's, it's unfortunate that she was robbed of her chance uh, to go win Olympic gold. Again, it's your chance to win uh, five shots in the... Uh, Boy Scouts of America Million Dollar Shot Challenge. Going to take callers five and six here. They're going to be the winners. Again, uh, July 14th at Highlands Golf Course. You'll have five shots with your chance to win a million dollars. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Back in, it's Hour 2 of Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. The 4th of July weekend is just getting underway as we're into the 5 o'clock hour. That means we're excited to welcome in the pride of Fairbury himself. It's NBC Sports' Bill Dolman. Bill, how you doing? Are you excited for your 4th of July weekend?
5: Well, I'm going to be spending my 4th of July weekend uh, going back uh, to God's country and uh, hanging out in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska for the next couple of weeks. So I'm not sure it can get any better than uh, being able to go back to uh to Nebraska. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that except for the fact that it's like 100 degrees there with 100% humidity, but uh I'm sure you can do something about that before I get there.
0: But one of the cool things this year is some fireworks laws have been relaxed in Nebraska. I'm pretty sure bottle rockets are now uh for sale and uh a couple other bigger explosive devices and I know with uh with the strict laws in Colorado that might sound appealing to you, but I guess I don't know if you're a big firework guy.
5: I'm not a big firework guy. I let, I let other people blow all their money so they can blow stuff up, and then I go back and you know, count my, my, the money that's still in my wallet and my fingers. So I, I'm, not, I'm not big on it. I appreciate those who do it, but that's just not exactly my thing to do. I'm just happy to be going home again.
0: See, the way I see it is it's the most patriotic way you could possibly blow all your money.
5: <laughs> i guess that's one way to look at it i remember many years ago you know back in uh the early part of my career i got to spend the fourth of july with the omaha uh, royals uh, at rosenblatt stadium with adrian fiala and uh, just wonderful people and they had the the massive garucci fireworks shows uh, on the hill at rosenblatt and uh, that was always a lot of fun and again i didn't have to pay for it so uh, but it's a great holiday and i'm looking forward to be back in nebraska
0: yeah it is and and bill we were talking a little bit at the end of last hour about Shikari Richardson. she was uh, suspended for a positive weed test and is now no longer eligible to complete, compete in the Olympics in Tokyo. and just right off the bat what what's your takeaway on that It just seems like in twenty twenty one this seems like a harsh punishment
5: it, it does to me Tyler she should have she and the uh, should said they went' and bought a subway downtown Denver. I guarantee you they're going <laughs> to for second hand uh um smoke but you know, it's really unfortunate because she was destined to be a bright star in the the Olympics uh, at the end of the month. Now, there's still a possibility the the U.S. Uh, governing body could um, put her on the four-by-one relay, and I really hope that they do um, because, look, I'm an old-school guy. It's not my thing, but I get the generation. I get, you know, what laws are around the country and what they are out here in Denver. Um so, uh, you know, I know what the movement is. I'm not naive to that. Uh, it's unfortunate. I don't think there's anything that could be remotely performance enhancing for her to have done that. And probably with, you know, a few bags of Doritos. I mean, she goes 10-8-6 with a positive test for a non-performance enhancing substance. Um, I, I feel bad for her because I thought her story was pretty remarkable when she revealed that her biological mother had died. Um you know, but when, when you, she turned pro recently, and she has handlers and coaches, among them Ronaldo and Nehemiah, who's one of the great uh, high hurdlers in uh, track and field history. You know, somebody's got to sit her down, and I understand, you know, the, the grief that she was going through and say, look, here are things you can and you absolutely cannot do. And even though we are in 2021 and this is where, you know, the laws in this country are going, you still got to be careful with whatever it is that, you know, you're going to to do, um, and, and marijuana or whatever, you know, or Shelby Houlihan eating burritos. Um but it's unfortunate in this moment. She did own up to it today uh, on the Today Show, and, and that was really remarkable. Um, and I hope the U.S. Uh, will put her on the four-by-one, let her compete in Tokyo, and, and it, be the bright star that she is. The other good thing about it, I, I guess, if there's a silver lining to a potential gold medal loss, is that you know the, the next games are in three years and not four. So she still has... you know. I'll, I'll, she'll still be an olympian and for in the 100s at some point but uh, i just wish that story had not come up i wish you know people had been a little bit smarter around her and that she'd made a better decision i'm sure she thinks that too
0: now bill do you think any of this has to do with america's uh, like view among the the world stage uh just with uh, having a positive weed test within the team because it seems like the olympic community's three or four years behind you when you look at the other professional sports in america when it comes to how they treat weed
5: Well, you're looking at a world thing. It's not just the United States. Um, And I I don't know what all the laws are elsewhere. I'm sure if she was in, you know, said I made a trip to Amsterdam, they'd say, yeah, we get that too. Um, I I, I think that there are probably some very archaic laws that are on the books globally uh, when it comes to the the Olympic Committee. I mentioned, you know, last week, uh, you know, those those athletes are under a very strong, you know, strict uh, policy when it comes to alerting the drug authorities as to where the, the drug testing authorities as to where they're going to be. And I mentioned that, you know, I had a friend that was at, you know, she had to tell them she was going to get a manicure. And sure enough, they showed up the manicure. I talked to a friend of mine that I'm going to be working the Olympics with uh, here at the end of the month. And, and uh, somebody put down that they were going to be at a party. And sure enough, the, you know, they, they showed up at the party to test them there. Um, so it, it, I think there are some really archaic laws and, you know, the trace amounts of chemicals that can be in anything. Uh, there's, I don't want to say there's too much scrutiny because there should be scrutiny, but you know, there's the, 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 greatest cross country women's cross country skier in the world missed the 2018 Olympics because there was something in a lip balm. And, you know, so she got banned for a couple of years and missed the Olympics Um some of the things just seem really ridiculous. Some like like the NCAA laws that people are revealing, you know, at this time about you know what people have been suspended for. So it's unfortunate. Um, I, I think that there that there are good laws in place, good rules in place, but sometimes it just seems to be a bit much.
0: My main takeaway here is just she's getting popped for a weed test in, in Russia just a few years ago. Off an elaborate doping scheme to get half of their uh, their Olympic athletes on performance enhancing drugs. So it just seems crazy to me. But I digress. We'll move back into some Husker football here. As uh, we learned yesterday that the university of Nebraska is paying bill Moose $2.97 million. as a part of his retirement. Uh, they're calling it settlement. I'll call it a buyout. And that's what bill Moose will ride off into the sunset with. Just, what's your main takeaway there, aside from the fact that this is just more proof that this wasn't bill Moose just retiring.
5: You know, I, I get so tired of seeing the amount of money that people get to go away. Um, you know, whether they're fired, whether they're asked to retire early, uh, it, it it it's really disheartening to see the amount of money that essentially is wasted and the amount of money that is – and I'm not going to say Bill Moose, Moose is a failure. I'm just talking about this in generality, but, you know, the, re, the reward for failure that you see some coaches walk away with – you know, Charlie Weiss is probably still getting paid by Kansas – You know, um, Bo Polini, I think he's finally off the books. Uh, You know, I don't want to see Tim Miles failed, but, you know, Tim made a lot of money um, sitting out after he left Nebraska. It just seems to me that if the writing is on the wall and you haven't gotten the job done, then you should not be able to walk away with millions and millions and millions of dollars and then go get another million, you know, plus a year job someplace else and uh it's like uh, so I, i'm just i cringe when i see it i was kind of waiting for it and now i don't want to read about it again i don't want to hear in two years how much you know nebraska is still paying bill moose i don't want to hear about what scott frost bio would be or fred hoybergs or will bolts or ronda i don't want to hear any of that but that's just the way we you know the way the business is
0: Well, I mean, over the last 20 years, Nebraska has spent $30 million on buying out their own uh, coaches' ADs. That's not to mention, I mean, whenever you go and hire Scott Frost from UCF, you probably got to go pay his buyout, too, for his contract extension to even get him to Nebraska. So when we're looking at just how many dollars are being lost, that's $1.5 million per year. It's not the biggest chunk of the athletic department's uh, entire bank account, but it's still a big chunk of money, yeah?
5: Yeah, and, and you know, you, you look at around, around at some of the other, uh, you know, the the other athletic programs in the country that are not Power Five conference schools. Look, this is the game that Nebraska wants to play. They want to be amongst the big boys, and Nebraska deserves to be among the big boys and big girls. I mean, Nebraska's got a, a significant investment in its women's athletic pro, uh, departments and programs, so I, I get that. But, you know, I've done games in, at the Mountain West level, the Big Sky level, the Division Two level. And you see, you know, some of these places, these schools and these departments. And you see, you know, some of these coaches that are making less than a Texas high school football coach is making. And the amount of time and money and sacrifice that goes into just trying to, you know, provide a great collegiate sports experience for a true student-athlete. That's not to say that Nebraska doesn't have true student-athletes, but, you know, the NCAA has that promo that, you know, they're not going pro. And so you see these coaches making $70,000, 80000 maybe 100000 That's still good money. Let's not, you know, not kid ourselves. But some of these coaches have to, you know, go play Duke or Carolina to get their school a big chunk of change. The team gets their butt kicked, and the coach is making $120,000 a year, but working harder than somebody at the division – you know power division 1 power conference level but that's the game that's being played right now and i don't know if it's ever going to change but i feel sorry for those coaches that you know really do put their heart soul blood sweat tears into uh, college athletics and they are not financially compensated the way people, and they're rewarded for failure
0: yeah and bill now we're getting reports of i mean when nebraska's going on the search for a new ad i mean you wonder how much they're going to pay him we had reports uh, last week that it maybe would take $1.5 million a year to lure Jamie Pollard away from Iowa State. Uh, we also had Ed Stewart discussions, and now a week removed from Ed Stewart being announced as the guy, at least uh, according to Twitter rumors. Uh, well, still no announcement. Let you let you read into that as you will. But we also heard from Jamie Pollard this week saying that uh, I don't think Nebraska is enough of a step up from Iowa State. I'm paraphrasing, putting words into his mouth. But that's essentially what he said. Uh, for me to want to leave this Iowa State job and go there, and that's a, a big shift from what it was 20 years ago so i just want to get your takes on those comments from jamie pollard do you think nebraska isn't a a, a level above iowa state as they were 20 years ago
5: no i, I would disagree with him uh, and i think you know he's saying what he has to say as the as the you know head of uh i of iowa state um you, know, you can't say, well, that is a great job, and if they ask me, I'll, I'll certainly go. Um, I think that maybe that comment, though, does indicate that maybe he is not interested in the Nebraska job. But I, I just don't I don't think you can say that. There's no question that Iowa State has a lot of momentum when it comes to its football program. And it's fun to see the way they built that thing up and as competitive as they are and being in the Big 12 championship game. But I think when you look at the totality of the program and the exposure and the name recognition, you, you know, even though there's probably more people in Iowa than there are in the state of Nebraska, Nebraska, But, you know, Nebraska still has cachet with its overall, you know, football, overall athletic department. Iowa State has football. There's no question. They've always had, you know, for the most part, good tradition in basketball. But that's waned. Uh, you know, the wrestling program since Cale Sanderson, you know, it's, it's not quite what it was back when it was the great Iowa State-Iowa duels. Uh, They don't have baseball. You know, they don't have some of the sports. Christy Johnson's done a great job with their volleyball program, but it's not Nebraska. So, yeah, football right now, they've got the momentum, whereas Nebraska's trying to find its momentum. But I think when you look at the the totality of the programs and you look at the name recognition and the nationwide fan base and interest, Nebraska is still on the marquee. Iowa State's a great program, great people, all of that. But I, I don't agree that, you know, that Iowa State necessarily is a, is a higher-profile job. I, that's not the case. Maybe is it a better job? Maybe because of stability that he's provided? Sure. I could, I could probably go along there because they've got an AD and Nebraska doesn't. But Nebraska is still on the marquee. And when Bill Moose steps aside, it's a headline, you know? And when Jamie Pollard steps aside, steps aside and goes someplace else, it might be a headline. But right now it's Nebraska. Nebraska's on the marquee, no question.
0: NBC Sports, Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, the pride of Fairbury himself. And and Bill, I want to shift gears here uh, before we get out of here and talk some name, image, and likeness, because it is a new era in college sports after yesterday. Athletes now able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And and I've been seeing a lot of Nebraska athletes uh, posting stuff on their Twitter pages, uh, posting stuff on their Instagram pages. Uh, But like i I guess is it any different out in colorado has there still been that same buzz or is that like just a localized nebraska thing because we have so much interest in our teams
5: i'm telling you brother i don't hear a peep about it Uh, you know you rarely hear anything about colorado athletics out here i've said that many times and um uh, (laughs) seriously i think it's probably been mentioned but It's not like it is in in Lincoln. And Nebraska has been at the forefront of this for over a year. You know, Blake Lawrence has done a great job with that open-doors business that he has. But, you know, and Jeremy Bloom did a, you know, a former Colorado athlete, did a a documentary, I guess you would call it, or a news magazine thing on Vice News um, that I watched a few weeks ago. And so I guess because Jeremy Bloom when he was at Colorado and had to, you know, either give up his CU football career or continue to pursue, you know, his world-class skiing career, you know, that was at the forefront 15 years ago or whatever it was. But other than Jeremy Bloom, uh, that, it, it's really not that much. It's not talked about. Um, Nebraska is the one that's generating the interest. And I said this a long, long time ago, that Nebraska is going to be at the forefront of it. And Nebraska is going to be a great opportunity for people to make some money. You know, they talk about L.A. and Miami and all that. You go to you go there, you are a uh, a pebble on the beach. You go to Nebraska, and you are a big deal. And it doesn't necessarily have to be football. Volleyball players are going to do well. Uh, basketball players are going to do well. So, you know good on nebraska for being at the forefront of this and those athletes who make the decision to go to lincoln but how this all starts to play out i I think there's a vast unknown and there are a lot of headaches and potholes that schools and athletes are going to go through especially when the government starts saying uh we want our share too and i'm not sure everybody's prepared for that especially the athletes
0: bill it's good getting caught up with you today tell me olympic coverage is what, what three weeks from today July 23rd is the
5: start of Olympic archery. And I think there are other sports in the Olympics. I don't know why. I think it's all archery all the time. But uh, Olympic archery begins uh, for me on the 23rd, and we'll be doing that for the week, uh, you know, alongside with all the other
0: sports like gymnastics and swimming and whatnot. Well, Bill, enjoy your preparation for that. We'll get caught up with you, I assume, next week. All right. Great. Appreciate it. And we're back. Fellas, did we listen to the radio on Hale
1: Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery
5: yes that's awesome
0: Back in on a Friday. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal in, filling in for Chris Schmidt today. He's going to be back uh, on Tuesday of next week after the 4th of July holiday. Uh, But in the meantime, I'm going to be taking you through today, and I'm excited now to welcome in Hail Varsity recruiting insider Greg Smith. As now that we're into the month of July, the official recruiting period has ended. It's time to talk uh, some recruiting with Greg. And Greg... Uh, I'm not sure, but are you a big 4th of July guy? That's kind of been the question I've been asking everybody. It's just, I mean, how hard do you plan on going on the 4th of July?
6: <laughs> um, I won't go that hard, uh, mostly because I, I, Chris and I did not sync up our vacations. I just got off of vacation for about 10 days. Um, so, you know, I won't go too hard. I'm still in recovery mode from vacation, <laughs> But I do like 4th like of July, though.
0: Okay, the question I've asked Derek and Bill both is, what do you plan on spending the most money on? Is it beer? Is it food? Or is it fireworks? Because I think I'm so far, I've, I've been the lone person who said fireworks probably. I'm going
6: to continue that streak for you. Um, it's definitely food. Um, the, the food has to be right because, you know, you, you always have people come over. and You're, you're feeding a lot of hungry folks. Mm-hmm. You want them to go home happy and have a good time. So it's probably food followed by beer and booze uh, and then fireworks. I always let other people handle the firework purchasing. Like, I think I've bought very few fireworks in my life, uh, but I definitely enjoy them. I just don't ever really buy
0: I, I couldn't tell you how much I've spent in my life on fireworks. All I know is it's way too much because it, uh, it all just goes up in smoke every single year.
6: It, it definitely does, and it's funny because Lincoln, man, it's booming in this town, pun intended, um, When it comes to firework sales, right? Like there are tents everywhere. Uh, you definitely have your pick of the litter and what you want to get. So, do you go to multiple tents then throughout this thing, or what?
0: Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's common. That's uh, multiple tents oh, that in, in thing, the first hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I got my favorites in town. I got one over on Highway Two. I got one on Seventieth Street. I got one on Fifty Six. You, you hit them all. <laughs> Nice. Uh, well, uh, Greg, I think we should get into some recruiting. This is the recruiting recon segment. Uh, so I want to start this off with more of a big-picture question. We'll get into James Mons and, and his recruitment a little bit later. But with name, image, and likeness coming into uh, college athletics, I mean, we've heard for a little bit that Nebraska plans on taking advantage of it. Um, but now that it's here, it, it's it's uh, it just – I don't know if it's – a letdown the right word, but it just kind of feels like uh, – yeah, this is what the athletes have had all, or should have had all along. So how do you think it's going to impact recruiting?
6: You know, it's interesting that you say it that way because you're correct that athletes should have had this for at least, if not for all along, um, for a lot longer than what they've had it just being this week, right? Um, there should have been a way for athletes to be able to profit off of their name and to like this, especially if everyone um, associated with college athletics outside of them has gotten, like, filthy rich, right? There's a reason why commissioners stay in their multi million dollar job positions for so long. Um, they're not out there, you know, working for free, so neither should uh, – the student-athletes. But with that being said, um, Nebraska has positioned itself nicely with all of this. Um, if for no other reason than that they jumped on early and didn't really fight it publicly, I think that you saw some schools that were kind of resistant to the whole thing, and you had different coaches saying different things um, around the country about how they weren't really on board. You know, Davo Sweeney now famously said he would quit if guys ever got paid. I'm still waiting on that to happen. <laughs> and so you've got right, and so you've got a lot of different things out there. But Nebraska embraced it. You know, they were I think the first school to come out with a little video package that had a logo for. Football players. Um, I think Cam Taylor Britt was the first one back in January. Um, and so Nebraska has really embraced it. And because of that, they are able to go to recruits and say, we've been paying attention to this all along. We've been helping our players already build their brands. Um, and we'll continue to help you do it as well if that's what interests you uh, when you get to college. I think it's a really big selling point for kids and then the parents when you think about all the educational pieces that are also going along with it within the university i think it could be a big win for nebraska
0: yeah my question is is just what could nebraska's name image and likeness pitch be to recruits that would set them apart from other schools in the country because now i mean everybody has name image and likeness but what specifically sets nebraska apart from i mean even other schools in the big ten
6: yeah, I think that when you look specifically within the Big Ten, if you're Nebraska, you're saying, listen, our fan base within this conference um, is really only rivaled by Ohio State. Um, and because of that, that's going to put, give Nebraska a nice boost. But then in addition to that, there are no pro teams here. This is what people really follow in Nebraska. Everybody is in tune with what's happening with Nebraska athletics. And because of that, they're going to want you to help represent their business or they're going to help you just come up with other different ideas. Um, that you can do to profit off of your name image like this. Like there's a lot of different ways that this is going to go. I think that it's going to go far beyond just, hey, you know, like we saw with Runza, like Runza having guys pitch stuff or, you know, you know the, the company tweeting out, hey, uh, the del- home delivery food service saying, hey, you know, have guys tweet that stuff out. I think there's going to be a lot of cool and creative things that come from this um, just because Husker fans in general are just so involved in what's happening with the program.
0: Greg, I want to get into some specific players here as we're looking at some recruiting recon. And the first is Gunnar Gatula. He, he committed to Nebraska since last time we talked. So I just want to get your, uh, your general thoughts on Gunnar, uh, how he fits into this Nebraska offensive line, and what the commitment means for this, uh, this class. I, I think he's a class of 2023, correct?
6: Yeah, he's a classic 2023 guy. Um, I think he probably ends up as a tackle, um, maybe a guard uh, for Nebraska, but I think it's a, it's a bigger deal in that you have another in-state Power 5 guy, sure five Power 5 guy, um, that's signing up with Nebraska and doing it early, right? I think that that's always good as you start to, as we've seen through the 2022 class, um, especially with the kids in Omaha, not having those guys come to Nebraska. It's good to keep them home, and it really has built up this nice pipeline with Lincoln South that continues to build up Uh, but i think gunner's a really good prospect he had other good opportunities out there especially within the big 10 northwestern was looking at him and talking to him as well Um, i think it's a good gift for nebraska and he's impressed me since i saw him um, last year uh, on that southeast line
0: and gunner earned an offer after a strong performance at the friday night lights camp and greg i think you were there did you get a chance to watch him at that friday night lights camp and, and see what the husker coaches saw
6: yeah, I did see him. Um, he moves well for his size. Like, he's a big kid, 6'5", 6'6", 280 or so, um, but he's got really good feet uh, for his size. You can tell with his dad, he's been coached up well as um, two, so that definitely helps. But I think that his athleticism at that size um, is definitely something that stands out to the Nebraska coaching staff.
0: And just something to, to tie this uh, conversation back to name, image, and likeness is that well, we talked to uh, his dad, Ryan Gatula, on Monday, but Mitch Sherman also talked with uh, Coach Gatula uh, earlier this week and when he was talking uh, with Katula, uh Ryan said that he didn't hear anything from Nebraska about name, image, and likeness in their pitch to Gunner. Is that a surprise to you?
6: Um, Yes and no. So with a 23 kid, uh, it's not that surprising. I think it's probably a little bit different pitch Um, maybe when you're pitching to 22 kids because I think that every one of the 2022 official visitors that came to town um, had some sort of pitch with that. So I'm sure that that will come later uh, for Gunner and the kids in 2023. But it doesn't totally surprise me that those kids weren't talked to about it a ton um, given where they are kind of in their recruitment or in their high school
0: years. All right, Greg, I got one more guy to talk to you about before we get to James Mons and his recruitment, or his commitment, excuse me, coming up Sunday, and that's Landon Sampson. We heard earlier this week that he would be committing to the University of South Carolina, Uh, and he was one of Nebraska's uh, targets in this recruiting cycle, but Nebraska got a receiver in Grant Page, so does this loss hurt a little bit less because Grant Page is in the boat?
6: Yes, um, it definitely does, and I think that Nebraska um, had a feeling that Samson might be leaning another way kind of after what happened when he came on his official visit. He liked the visit, but there just seemed to be something that was missing, right? We we had talked about before how he immediately went to Ohio State um, and kind of tried out for them in hopes of getting an offer. That offer still never came, um, and then South Carolina offered him shortly after that. Um, and then he ended up committing to South Carolina. It just felt like uh, Samson was waiting on something else. Um, yeah, I guess he found it with South Carolina, but Nebraska getting Grant Page is a good prospect from a uh, state that Nebraska needs to continue to recruit well. It um, w- was a good deal for them.
0: Just in terms of Nebraska's recruiting board, do you have a feel on who was ranked higher on that wide receiver room? Was it, was it Samson or was it Grant Page?
6: I would say it was Samson, uh, considering Samson came in uh, that first weekend. I think that generally gives you an idea of kind of how that got prioritized. But they definitely like Paige a lot. Obviously, they took his commitment. Um, but I think that Samson came into June um, as a higher-rated player on their board, but probably not by a ton.
0: I think we can move now to James Mons, who's going to be committing on Sunday. Nebraska, one of his top, uh, top teams, uh, he's going to be deciding between. Uh, so... Do you have a read on which way Mons is going to be going on Sunday? I mean, obviously commitments, you never really truly know what's going on in a commit's head. But but do you have a read on on if Nebraska is the school for him?
6: Uh, here's what I'll tell you at this point. I think that he's going to end up in the Big Ten. I just don't know which Big Ten school it's mm. going to be. I think that this is going to be between Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Indiana. I think if you talk to people at each school or people that cover each school, all would express confidence um, in landing him because he was so like um, big in his praise about all of those schools after his official visit. He's got ties to multiple schools because he's had so many family members that have played college football. Um, obviously, he's a legacy at Nebraska with his Uncle Walter playing uh, cornerback here in the 70s, um, it, that, it's going to be tough. I think that that one goes down to the wire. It really wouldn't surprise me to see him pick either of those schools or any of those schools between Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Indiana.
0: So it's the coin flip is what you're telling me? Uh, that's what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Greg, last thought here before we uh, we get you out. Uh Nebraska, this recruiting class, we know it's going to be a little smaller because of the limited number of scholarships. And now after a busy month of June with commitments, uh, what positions do you think Nebraska is going to be targeting as we get into the months of July, August, and September?
6: Yeah, what's interesting here is, this is the position we were just talking about with, with Mons, defensive back. So Nebraska doesn't have a defensive back commitment yet, um, but they posted you know a handful of defensive back official visitors during the month of June. They really need one of those guys to either pop for Nebraska or they're going to have to continue that search heavily when we get into the season. Defensive line is kind of the same way. They missed on Nico D'Avalier, um, the Arkansas defensive lineman who came in that first weekend. He committed to Arkansas, elected to stay home. Um, Jalen Marshall is another kid that came in for a visit, a defensive line out of Kansas, but he's, still, he's now down to Indiana, Oklahoma State, and Nebraska. So we'll kind of see there. So I think defensive line and defensive back um, will be a priority moving forward. And then sort out that offensive line spot as well. There's a lot of guys to like. I think Nebraska will be in a good position, uh, but they've got to nail some of that down going forward.
0: There is Hale Varsity recruiting insider Greg Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Find him, follow him on Twitter at Greg HV, and make sure to check out the Straight Up Breakdown podcast. Uh, Greg, about 10 seconds here, uh, a, a little plug for your podcast.
6: Yeah, check out the Straight Up Up Breakdown podcast. It comes out every Tuesday. I'm excited about the next guest. Well, spoiler alert, Lindsey Gibbs will be on uh, next week from the Power Plays newsletter. We'll kind of talk about some women's sports and stuff that has been really popping off here lately um, with various topics going around women's sports.
0: There he is. Greg, enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Stay safe. Don't blow any fingers off, okay? Hey, you too. Enjoy
6: those fireworks if you make any last-minute trips to the tent.
0: Yep. We'll, uh, we'll get caught up next week, Greg, right? have <laughs> sounds good. There he is, Greg Smith. Coming up next, we have the part two of our rewind with Phil Steele. Again, that's next on Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
6: And now,
1: and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio.
0: rolling through a Friday here on Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herpel filling in for Chris Schmidt as Chris Schmidt has the rest of the weekend off, uh, meaning Hale Varsity Radio is coming back at you Tuesday, Saturday no-show, Monday no-show. We'll be back at you on Tuesday. And because we don't have a Saturday show tomorrow, we've been doing a rewind today uh, with Phil Steele, who joined us on Wednesday. Uh, He writes Phil Steele's college football preview book, uh, which is out now at Barnes & Noble. We sat down with Phil Steele to get his preview of his preview book. I know that sounds wrong, but we sat down with him on Wednesday. Here's part two of that interview. Part one with Phil Steele was back in hour one. Uh, but again, here's part two with Phil Steele.
3: Phil Steele's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, question mark for you with, uh, with Nebraska here uh, schedule-wise, and, and you mentioned a lot of the coin flip games. Is there a barometer game for you on Nebraska's schedule, or is there, okay, they win this game, maybe it could flip the season?
4: I am going to say they need to win early. (laughs) Nebraska has to get to that midpoint of the season. I'll use Michigan as your big game, I think. I think they need to beat Michigan at home. If they do, it could, could be a big thing. If at that point, Nebraska gets to maybe 4-2 and two or 5-1 which is definitely a potential then everything looks good but you look at those final five games they figure to be an underdog in four of the last five games. You know Ohio State, Wisconsin and Iowa are three powers in the Big Ten this year and Minnesota's got to be played on the road so uh, as opposed to one specific game I think let's just go ahead and use a litmus test and say if it's 3-3 three and three at midseason it's probably not going to turn out to be good. We need to have a winning record at midseason this year.
3: Phil what do you look at the rest of the West here. Let's talk Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern. I'm interested to see you know, if Purdue bounces back. Uh, they've got some offensive talent with Bell, obviously, and Bielema's back in the Big Ten. That's a monster opener for Nebraska-Illinois. It's a game they should win. I don't know that they will, but uh, th- those teams that, that have been jockeying for that West division, it's been Wisconsin's or it's been Northwestern's, but you've had good years from Minnesota. And and uh, and and Iowa has been really talented as well Uh, from a pecking order standpoint, who edges out as your West favorite?
4: Well, I'm going to go, and first of all, I think that the, the West is very deep. Uh, you know, let me go to the bottom of it, for starters, mm-hmm. uh, and take a look at Illinois. You mentioned Bielema's coming in. When is Brett Bielema at his best, when he's got a big veteran offensive line? I remember talking to Coach Lovie Smith last year going over the offensive line, and he said, Phil, we've got five NFL guys on the offensive line. And then I asked Coach Bielema this year, I said, you know what, Coach Smith felt you had five NFL guys on the offensive line. How do you feel? He's like, Phil, I think we have five NFL guys on the offensive line. And so if you've got five NFL guys on your offensive line, you're in good shape because they're all back this year, basically. Uh, they get the veteran quarterback and Brandon Peters, and that just shows you the depth of the West because I picked them last, but as you touched on, that's a dangerous game in the opener. But for my number one pick in the West this year, I'm all with Wisconsin, and I feel pretty good Good about that. I think Wisconsin, I rate, is my number two surprise team in the country. A surprise team is a non-top 10 team that I think uh, can contend for a playoff spot, and Wisconsin has 17 returning starters coming back. Now, Nebraska didn't get to play Wisconsin last year, but if you're watching any Wisconsin games, you know they didn't run the football like they normally do. They only averaged uh, as a team uh, 3.9 yards per carry last year, which is definitely not your typical 5 or 6 yards per carry. They've got a veteran offensive line coming back, They've got what I call four VHG running backs this year, led by Jalen Berger, who emerged at the end of last season. I think the run games gets back to normal for Wisconsin. They've got Graham Mertz, at quarterback. He had 20 at 21 in the opener last year, and then sort of tallied off. I think he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And defensively, they've got practically the whole unit back, including my number six linebackers in the country and number 10 DBs. Uh, And then you look at their schedule. Their road games are against Minnesota, Rutgers, Purdue and Illinois, all four winnable. They play Notre Dame and Chicago, but I think this team has got a chance of, uh, potentially running the table this year. And if they make it to the big 10 title game, Chris, uh, they've given Ohio state a battle in each of the last two big 10 title games. So that they're, but they're my number two surprise team in the country.
3: Phil Steele's with us a few more minutes. Hail varsity radio, the Phil steel college football preview 2021, get to a, a Barnes and Noble or log on com and get your issue today. Uh, As we look at the the East, who do you think challenges Ohio State? And let me follow that up with, does Indiana drop off or do they continue that, that ascent? Because, man, they were fun last year.
4: Oh, they sure were a lot of fun. Uh, I I don't know if anybody's going to really challenge Ohio State this year, because they get Penn State at home in a big game, and I still think they've got a slight edge on Indiana, Mm talent-wise, or a decent edge there. But uh, I've got Penn State coming in second in the East. They are my number one most improved team in the country. And keep in mind, they were number seven in the AP poll at the start of last year. Lost their first five games, but it wasn't because they were getting outplayed at the line of scrimmage. You go back to that Indiana game that Penn State lost last year. They had a 488 to 211-yard edge. Now, how many games do you lose where you've got that massive of a yardage edge, but they somehow, Indiana let their running back score a touchdown, they got the two-point conversion controversial at the end, and they lost. I think Penn State gets back to close to double-digit wins, if not double-digit wins this year, coming off a losing season. But Tom Allen's doing a fantastic job at Indiana, and this might be his best team yet. He needs to keep his quarterback healthy, and that's Michael Penix Jr. If Michael Penix Jr. is healthy, they've got the running backs, they've got the receivers, D.J. Matthews, Fry Fogle, Miles Marshall, Peyton Hendershot. It's one of the better receiving groups in the the entire country. The defense, Tom Allen knows defense. He's got my number five set of linebackers with Micah McFadden, uh, Marcelio Ball-McCray, who missed last year with injury, Cam Jones. And then in the secondary, I rate them number seven in the country, led by a couple of All-American candidates in T. Mullen uh, and Devon Matthews. So this is a very talented Indiana team that I've actually pegged ahead of Michigan this year. And uh, I, I think that they're, they're a challenger for that number two spot in the East.
3: That back seven sounds uh, dynamite for Indiana. I know it's a little bit tougher schedule for them this year, but uh, they, they've got a lot back. And Tom Allen, man, those kids love him and they play well. I'll be anxious to talk with him at Big Ten Media Days coming up uh, phil Steele's with us here on Hale varsity radio phil as we say goodbye give me a surprise team not necessarily who you laid out there with with georgia a&m but who's a team that could wow who's a team that can kind of maybe come off the uh you know onto the radar from off of the radar that, that might make uh, some heads turn nationally this year
4: yeah, and like I said, Wisconsin's my number two surprise mm-hmm. team, or a non-top 10 team that I think can contend for a playoff spot. But my number one surprise team would really surprise you. It's Washington Huskies. Oh. And uh, no one's talking about Washington. They'll be picked second in their own division in the Pac-12 this year. But here's what I like about them. A big, beefy veteran offensive line. A loaded stable of running backs. They've got Cade Ott in tight end. They've got a veteran quarterback now in Dylan Morris. And defensively, Jimmy Lake knows defense and they've got a ton of talent back. Then you've got like the schedule. They do play Michigan on the road, but I've actually got them favored in that game, even though they're a slight underdog in Vegas right now. But they avoid USC and Utah out of the South. They get Arizona State the next best team in the South at home. They get Oregon at home this year. I think they could be favored in all 12 games. And back in 2016, they were my number one surprise team, and we're not in the top 10, but then all of a sudden at the end of the year, they actually made the playoff. I think they've got that shot again this year, and let's face it, if a Pac-12 team runs the playoff the committee has got to put them into the uh the, the playoffs at the end of the year
3: phil yeah or nay does nebraska get to a bowl game this year
4: yeah i am i'm i'm a coin flip there chris mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, if they are four and two at midseason, yes okay. how's that
3: phil it's awesome to get caught up we'll, we'll chat again soon and thanks for giving us a few minutes with Hale varsity
4: chris i always enjoy talking football with you my friend you know that so thanks for having me on
1: Miss us?
0: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing.
1: We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity. the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
0: Wrapping up a Friday here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal in here riding solo as uh, Chris Schmidt has the day off, Will Wilson has the day off, uh, leaving just me here as I'm getting you set for your 4th of July weekend. I do remind you to stay safe. Keep all your fingers and toes if possible this weekend. And remember, as fun as it sounds, fireworks and booze. I said yesterday, great mix. That's uh, that's a little far. Just be safe with it uh, if you are going to be combining those two uh, this weekend. Because, again, you don't want to lose any fingers and toes. Um, but also, I uh, want to remind you that uh, you shouldn't uh, be picking up a uh, your car keys after you've had uh, some drinks this weekend. Because there are over 1,500 crashes. Each year in Nebraska, involving an impaired driver and driving drunk, buzzed, or high is never acceptable. And law enforcement officers are working every day to stop it before anyone else uh, can be killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. And if you do drink, uh, remember to designate a sober driver or to get a ride share. Get a ride because a DUI costs more than you'd think. Uh, that is a uh, extremely important message this weekend It's a message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office Remember to be safe on your holiday weekend Before we get out of here, I do have a small rant to make As uh, I saw a, an article earlier today This was in Business Insider um, And the title of the article is uh, Admit it, grilling is bad is an article from Josh Barrow. have no idea who this guy is. Um, Apparently, he is a columnist for Insider, also writing for Business Insider. And in his tweet, in which he was plugging his own article, he said, your grill is filthy, has poor temperature control, and for some idiot reason, has the heating element below the food, so the fat drips into it and catches fire. There's a better way to cook. In your kitchen. Now, I don't have a personal problem here with Josh. Um, He can have his opinion, even though his opinion is wrong. Um, But last time I checked, an oven does not impart flavor onto your food like a grill does. Your stovetop doesn't impart flavor into your food like uh, a grill does. Um, I also know that whenever you're using a stove... It's a completely separate appliance down below to get into the oven. A microwave's a completely separate appliance. Toaster oven's completely separate. All these items in your kitchen. Whereas your grill, if you have an upper rack, that is your cooking surface for direct heat, for indirect heat, such as an oven. And it just gets the job done. And, I mean, like with a Traeger or something along those lines, you can impart even more flavor with the smoke aspect. So I'm not sure what has ruined Josh's perception of grilling. Um, but if his problem is like the little bars on your grill, get dirty and it's making your food gross. I mean, I just don't want to talk to him anymore. That's where the flavor's at. Uh- Fall 4th of July weekend, you should be grilling. If you're cooking in the kitchen on the 4th of July weekend, there is something wrong with you. Uh, That's enough for my rant. And uh, before we get out of here, I do have to uh, get one more person qualified for the Boy Scouts of America million-dollar shot. We have one certificate left. That's good for five shots. That's a $20 value, those five shots. Uh, This is going to be happening out at Highlands Golf Course on July 14th. And uh, the semifinals can going to be held on July 18th if you make it through the first round. If you're shot at winning a million dollars, uh, f- caller number two is going to win the, uh, the last certificate we have. That's 402-466-3776. Again, 402-466-3776 for your chance at a million dollars. Caller number two is going to be our winner. And uh, Hail vs. Radio is back next Tuesday.